Hello, my friends, and welcome back to episode 120 of Wellness Your Way. Thrilled, as always, to have you here. And I have a a quite heady topic for us today. I asked you on Instagram which you would be more curious about, whether it was inflammation and the high-sensitivity CRP blood test or non-alcoholic fatty liver disease. And you surprised and delighted me that you strongly preferred non-alcoholic fatty liver disease. So that is what we are discussing today in the Veggies of the Matter And if you think you don't have non-alcoholic fatty liver disease, so you don't need to listen to this, listen up because I will tell you that up to 40% of Americans will get it at some time. So I'm glad you don't have it now, but listen up to think about and learn about what you can do to support your liver and why it's so important. Before we get to liver stuff though, we are going to dive into a new study about vitamin C and cancer risk. And then I'll share yet another chocolate treat that I have almost daily. So we've got a lot to discuss today, friends. Let's go ahead and dive in. It's time for health news you can use and a study in the journal Frontiers of Nutrition in January 2022 linked greater vitamin C intake to lower cancer risk, which is super interesting. Now, a few years ago, I assumed I was getting plenty of vitamin C from my bell peppers and leafy green veggies and broccoli and citrus fruits and all of these wonderful foods that are rich in vitamin C. And I probably was getting enough to be adequate. But during the onset of the pandemic, I started supplementing with a thousand milligrams of vitamin C daily. And I've just kept it going because of its anti-inflammatory properties. I'm always looking for things to reduce inflammation because of the immune health benefits, because of the energy it gives me. Honestly, I had never considered its link to cancer until I came across this study. And this was a comprehensive review of 57 other studies, so a big meta-analysis, and it showed that higher intake of vitamin C was linked to lower risk of many cancers. In particular, they showed a 42% decrease in esophageal cancer, a 34% lower risk of stomach cancer, a 30% lower risk of pancreatic cancer, and a 17% lower risk of lung cancer. So pretty staggering numbers there. And if you're interested in taking vitamin C, I highly encourage trying it. Just two words of caution One, for some people, a high-dose vitamin C can cause some diarrhea or loose stools. So if that is the case for you, just go down in dosage and or consider getting your vitamin C from foods instead of supplement. And two is you may not want to take vitamin C right after exercise because it's such a potent anti-inflammatory that it can actually blunt that spike of inflammation that we get after exercise that's helpful in helping our body heal from the small muscle tears of energy. So particularly if you're looking for muscle gains, you may not want to take that vitamin C right after the exercise. Wait an hour or two and you'll be fine. Other than those though, give it a go. I will link to the one I take in the show notes as well as the study reference today. It's time for Megan Recommends, and you know I will recommend 
anything healthy that is chocolate related or chocolate flavored. And I've recently stumbled across another one that I've managed to incorporate into my everyday routine, and it is chocolate collagen. So I've been putting collagen in my coffee for many years now. I don't even know, maybe seven years or so. And the way I do my coffee, I think I've talked about this before, but just in the interest of uh, saying it again, I do one heaping tablespoon of coffee grounds, uh, which is, I think, like a serving, if that. And I make that into, I brew that into four cups of water. So my coffee is like one quarter strength coffee. Uh, But I love that because it allows me to spread it through the morning. I always drink water before coffee, the first cup and the second cup. So I split those four quarter diluted cups of coffee into two big mugs. And I'll have one in the morning and then I'll have one like mid-morning in between or during clients. Now for that second one, for the first one, by the way, I do half scoop of unflavored collagen, the sports research that I've always loved. I will post a blog post or put in the show notes a blog post that I wrote about the benefits of collagen. For me, the main benefit is my nail strength. I never had strong nails before collagen. Also beneficial for gut health, for skin health, for hair, for all kinds of great things. And honestly, a great source of protein. As I try to keep my protein really high, that's an easy way to get in protein. So I'll do half scoop of the plain sports research brand collagen in the morning. And I've started doing some chocolate collagen in the uh, second cup, the mid-morning cup for me. Now, Sports Research, again, has a wonderful variety of chocolate collagen, and it's the cheaper one. It's still good quality, so that's why I get it. Less expensive and good quality is a win for me. Uh, But if you are a Costco shopper, they have the Vital Proteins Chocolate Collagen Uh, at Costco. And my mom has a Costco membership. I do not. So she picks me up some vital proteins, chocolate collagen on the regular, which I appreciate. Uh, So it can be less expensive there. And that's a great brand as well. But I will post the links to both of those sports research and vital proteins below, as well as the blog post on collagen. And if you're looking for a nice little boost to your coffee, I hope you'll check it out. All right, friends, it's time for the veggies of the matter, and we're talking about liver health today. It might come as no surprise to you that in my morning gratitude practice, I regularly express gratitude for individual organs in my body. And I will confess that the number one most popular is probably my brain. I just feel grateful for my brain all the time. I feel grateful for my muscles. I feel grateful for my heart, for my lungs, for my skin, for so many things. But I probably, until I really started diving into the world of nutrition, I probably never expressed gratitude for my liver. And I don't even know if back then I really knew what my liver was or how powerful it was or how essential it was to my health. So now that I do know, I regularly express gratitude for my liver. And I venture to guess that more and more of you are hearing about liver health as well. It's great that we're becoming aware and appreciative of the liver, but the reason that we're being appreciative of it or aware of it which is that that fatty liver disease is becoming an incredibly common affliction, 
that's not great, of course. Let me give you some statistics about its prevalence. Today, non-alcoholic fatty liver disease affects up to 75% of adults who are overweight, up to two-thirds of people with type 2 diabetes, and about 90% of adults who are obese. So this is incredibly common. Some estimates say that up to 40% of adults in Western countries will develop non-alcoholic fatty liver disease at some point. And this used to be something that was very rare. It has skyrocketed in recent decades, and we'll talk about why. What I'm going to go through is what the liver actually does, why it's important, what non-alcoholic fatty liver disease is, and then how to manage it if you have it and how to prevent it if you don't have it. So starting with what is our liver? Our liver is widely considered one of the hardest working organs in our bodies because it's one of the main detoxification organs. It is literally working around the clock to filter out any toxins that come into our bodies whether these are prescription medications or pollutants from the air that we breathe or toxic things that we're putting on our skin or harmful chemical ingredients that are found in our food, our liver is taking care of every single one of these and helping convert them into harmless substances that we can then excrete from our bodies. So the liver is super important for detoxification. It's also important for metabolism and hormone balance and circulation and fat digestion. It manufactures bile, which helps us uh, digest fat and energy regulation. It helps us convert carbohydrates into glucose and glycogen. It stores some vitamins and minerals. It helps in blood clotting. It's basically so critical to our bodies that we truly cannot live without it. And the liver, believe it or not, can even regenerate itself. This sounds like science fiction to me. I thought it was when I first heard it, but maybe you've heard of a living donor transplant. This is when someone who is still alive and still wants to be alive donates a small portion of their liver to another human who's in need of a liver. And and we only have one liver, but the donor can shave off about 25% of their liver, or the donor doesn't do it themselves, but the doctor shaves off about 25% of the the donor's liver and implants it into the recipient's body. And then that small portion of the liver can fully regenerate itself into an entire new liver. This is mind-blowing to me. This is absolutely amazing. And to me, it speaks to the innate super intelligence of the body. How incredible is the body? How intricately has it been designed that we prioritize so well these essential organs that we can even regenerate them from a small portion of tissue? That is incredible to me. So uh, major cheers for the liver. We all love our liver, whether we regularly express gratitude for, for it or not. Now let's talk about why uh, liver health has become such an issue recently. The short version is that when the liver is overburdened, when it has too much work to do, it stores excess toxins as fat. And when excess fat accumulates in liver cells, we can develop non-alcoholic fatty liver disease. And this is a similar presentation to alcoholic fatty liver disease. It looks the same often, that occurs when the liver becomes overburdened by processing alcohol rather rather than other things. So in previous decades, we just weren't exposed to 
all this sugar, all this processed food, low quality fats and oils, refined carbohydrates, toxins, all of this kind of stuff that our liver needs to deal with today. So most of the liver disease in the past was the alcoholic variety. But today, the non-alcoholic variety is the more common variety because we're all dealing with all of those toxins and other things that the liver has to process. So the majority of clients that I treat with non-alcoholic fatty non-alcoholic fatty liver disease had no symptoms. Maybe the client and I ran blood work on them just to check out where they were nutritionally and figure out the interventions that we were going to run. And I discovered, or we discovered elevated liver enzymes. So in particular, if you have your blood work, you want to look for ALT and AST. These are two uh, liver enzymes that are very routine, very easy to test. I run them nearly every time I run blood work on someone. So Um, They might've found them with me. They might've found them with another practitioner. Maybe they might've had an ultrasound or a CAT scan for something else. Uh, Maybe looking at their ovaries or looking at some abdominal pain that they thought was unrelated to liver or something like that. And then they discovered the fatty liver, but usually they don't have symptoms. This is one reason that blood work is so important to catch things like this in early stages And nutrition, lifestyle, all of this is so great at managing things like this when we catch it at early stages. So it really is important to know what's going on in your body. But anyway, I'm trying to talk about symptoms. So those people who do have symptoms, they might feel fatigued. They might feel some abdominal discomfort or pain, some nausea, decreased appetite, feeling of fullness, like overly full, uh, more full than they think they should be based on what they've eaten. These are some of the normal symptoms. But again, most people I see are are asymptomatic. They don't have symptoms. So what causes this? Um, First, being overweight or obese and being insulin resistant are widely known as the two most direct causes. Um, They just are. That insulin resistance is a key factor and and one of the ways that we can tell if someone's at risk of developing non-alcoholic fatty liver. And this is because a high refined carbohydrate, high sugar diet can cause a, a hormonal cascade basically via insulin resistance that causes the liver to store extra triglycerides, extra fat, and develop this overly fatty condition. So primarily what I see is it's that high refined carbohydrate, high sugar diet. That's the cause. Um, Also a very high amount of low quality fats like hydrogenated oils, vegetable oils, trans fat. This can be a cause as well. Being sedentary can be a cause. Being on many prescription medications, being exposed to a lot of environmental toxins, all of these kinds of things can contribute to fatty liver. So what do we do if we have it? Unfortunately, I've had many clients come to me after having met with a practitioner who told them like, basically there's nothing you can do. So just try to lose some weight and hope that helps. And this just infuriates me because there is something we can do. I have seen so many dozens of people reverse their non-alcoholic fatty liver disease by focusing on diet and lifestyle. And I know you can too. It does make a difference. Um, So it is true what the doctor likely told you to lose weight. That is true. The research shows that losing about 10% of your body weight can be enough to reverse it in many cases, but this is a bit tricky for a couple of reasons. First, 
when we lose weight really quickly, like doing a fad diet or something like that, this actually causes the toxins to be released from our fat so quickly that our liver has to reprocess them. And that can reverse the issue, can make the fatty liver even worse. Uh, So we don't want to lose weight too quickly. And we also don't want to lose weight on a low quality diet. Just imagine if you were eating a thousand calories of Twinkies every day and you manage to lose weight, but all of those Twinkies have to be processed by your liver. So that's not going to be the right way to do it either. That's going to stall your progress with non-alcoholic fatty liver disease. So we do want to lose weight if the person is overweight or obese, but we want to do it in a whole foods, balanced, healthy, and gradual way to protect that liver. Um, A Mediterranean diet, just like most conditions, the Mediterranean diet is the most well-researched in terms of reversing uh, or preventing these conditions, fatty liver, non-alcoholic fatty liver included. And this Mediterranean style diet is high in vegetables, includes fruits, includes a lot of polyunsaturated fats, the healthy fats like olive oil and olives and avocados and lots of polyphenols from vegetables and moderate animal protein, fish and poultry and some red meat that's in the Mediterranean diet as well. This is linked to significant improvements in particular, bitter vegetables like mustard greens and dandelion and arugula. All of those are wonderful, but leafy greens in general are great. Artichokes, asparagus, these are all very helpful liver foods Um, foods rich in omega-3 fatty acids. We talked about fish oil recently on the podcast, so you can go back and listen to that episode, but those are very helpful for the liver. Foods rich in vitamin E, way back to the episode with Dr. Barry Tan, which you can find by scrolling back in the episodes. He talked about vitamin E, and that's helpful for the liver. Green tea as well as helpful for the liver. And then we want to minimize or reduce or eliminate maybe foods that are high in sugar while we're reversing fatty liver, uh, particularly those with high fructose corn syrup. The high fructose corn syrup is like the most detrimental to the liver. So we really do want to avoid that uh, completely as we're reversing fatty liver disease. Alcohol, even though this is non-alcoholic fatty liver disease, alcohol does need to be processed by the liver. So consuming an excess amount of alcohol when your liver is already overburdened is not advised for sure. Any ultra-processed foods, low-quality meats, refined grains, things that keep your blood sugar unstable, I will link as well in the show notes to the Blood Sugar Masterclass. If you haven't heard that yet, this is incredibly important for non-alcoholic fatty liver disease. So definitely listen to that free blood sugar masterclass. And then supplement wise, honestly, my approach for people with non-alcoholic fatty liver disease is so different based on the client. Um, So I can't give a full lineup of supplements, but I will say the two most common that I use in clients with non-alcoholic fatty liver disease, one is milk thistle. This is by far the most studied and proven liver support it's been shown to reverse non-alcoholic fatty liver disease. I actually take this every day uh, to support my liver. I've thankfully never had non-alcoholic fatty liver disease, but I don't want it. So I take milk thistle to support my liver and it has helped with hormone balance and uh, just general detoxification as well. So I will link in the show notes to the one that I take. 
Uh, and then berberine as well. This is fantastic for blood sugar control, insulin sensitivity. And because that's so related to non-alcoholic fatty liver, this is another great supplement for those who have the condition. So let's say you don't have non-alcoholic fatty liver disease. That's amazing. Let's keep it that way. Basically, what you can do to keep it that way is to continue living your overall healthy lifestyle. It is so reassuring that when we hear about all these different conditions, the root of it all is more vegetables, less sugar, more water, less processed foods, more movement, more stress management. And these are all of the things that are important in preventing fatty liver disease. So in particular, a diet that keeps your blood sugar stable with fewer refined carbohydrates and sugars, more vegetables, generally more protein, generally more healthy fat, but choose the healthy fats. Um, and again, I'll link that blood sugar masterclass in the show notes so you can check it out. Eating tons of vegetables is very important for liver support. Drinking plenty of water is essential for adequate liver function. Exercising movement in a way that you love, in a way that you enjoy. And actually probiotics. Research has shown the power of probiotics to, quote, effectively prevent, end quote, diet-induced non-alcoholic fatty liver disease. So this is really big. Another reason to be on that probiotic. And I will link to a blog post I wrote about probiotics as well. And then finally to manage stress. I am no expert in Chinese medicine, but Chinese medicine talks a lot about the liver and how important it is to regulating the energy through all of our body and how stress is a major drain on that process. So uh, manage stress, easier said than done, I know, but that is definitely part of liver health. So goodness, friends, that was a whirlwind. I know that was a lot of information, but that's why I keep these podcasts up here for you to review whenever you want. And I've also uh, written down all of this information into a blog post for you. So I hope you scroll on down to the show notes, click on that blog post. It really helps me out. Hopefully you can send it to a friend as well. I would love that because this is something we can do something about. And if I can help anyone, one single person prevent non-alcoholic fatty liver disease or reverse it, then my day is made. So use this information, share it with those you love. And thank you again for being here. Well, hey there, friend. I want to thank you so much for coming back to Wellness Your Way week after week. I am truly so glad that you love learning about your health and that you're taking action on your own health. I love that about podcasting. You know the only thing I don't love about podcasting? It's that you can't talk back to me. You can't ask me clarifying questions about how to apply an idea to your life. I can't get to know you and help you stay accountable to your goals by seeing you week after week and developing a relationship with you. And that's why I developed Revitalize. It's the perfect combination of one-to-one -one accountability, the support of a really positive community, and a self-based learning platform. It's the perfect next step for you. If you've already been applying what you've learned from Wellness Your Way and you just want to go a step further, come join us. You can visit www.thelionsshare.org revitalize for more information and to see some of the hundreds of testimonials we've received. 
That link is always down there in the show notes, so feel free to scroll on down and check it out. You have nothing to lose and years of health and happiness to gain. All right, friends, your call to action is to do one thing today, not tomorrow, today, to support your liver health. Maybe that's drinking a big glass of water or adding an extra serving of leafy greens to your plate today, or maybe that's finally taking the plunge and getting a probiotic. Whatever it is for you, take one step to support your liver. I know your whole body health will thank you. And I thank you for being here for another episode of Wellness Your Way. I can't wait to be back with you next week for a wonderful guest interview. Thanks for listening to another episode of Wellness Your Way with Megan Lyons. I always love connecting with listeners, so be sure to follow me on social media. And don't forget to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts so you don't miss brand new episodes each week. If you love Wellness Your Way, please leave us a rating and review. I appreciate it so much. Stay well, and I'll be back next week. The Wellness Your Way podcast is provided for information only and should not be misconstrued as medical advice. Please consult with your physician or otherwise qualified practitioner on any matters regarding your health and well-being or on any opinions expressed within this podcast or the LionShare website.